This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Hello and welcome to episode 43. My name's Eric Moore and I'm up in a tree. And across the way there, also up in a tree, is my good friend, Ian Marchant. Hello, Eric, from another hello. tree. Hello, hello. Don't, don't start throwing nuts. Um, you'll just put me off. Oh, I'll, I'll put my nuts away then. Yes, and, and nice to see that you're in the Cinefar, um outfit. You've chosen the Cinefar outfit for yeah, today. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite cold. Quite cold here. Yeah. I can see. I, I can see that a couple of times. Yes, and um, I was going to go for Cinefar yeah. too, um, but 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 I don't have the legs for it. So um, luckily, I've gone for Girac. We haven't got yeah. a, a a fashion faux pas today. Oh, I I just assumed you were wearing your normal clothes. I didn't realise <laughs> you were dressed up as an old woman. Oh well, never mind. Yeah, it's my dressing gown, really. Yeah. All right, so here we are, season yes. one, season one, and Back to season one. Yeah, first thing I, yeah, first thing I can say about it is, season one credits. I miss them in the three weeks that we're not in season one and two. I do miss season one opening credits. How nice to have them back. And they, 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 they're, they're like a warming wave flowing over you. You know, you're going to be into good stuff when you see these credits. It's a welcome home for us, yes, really, it, it isn't really it? Is. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we are. It's Jewel. As I said last week, you know, we have featured this uh, story before, and we're going to feature it one more time before we're done with it. And today we're looking at Cinefar and Girock. So uh, let's go. Um, Painted Planet is the first Painted thing Planet, we see. Yes, um, not, not the best of Painted Planets. No, and, and after I watched it for this uh for this episode it's never named is it we never know the name of this planet no i because i was thinking oh I'll, I'll do a little picture of avon pointing out on my star map and i thought i don't know what it's called so i'm going to call it khan khan like um you know keep um like uh, the doctor episode um with the sisters sisterhood of khan well i've obvious. i've got it here... looks a bit like that doesn't it I've I've got here written down brain of Morbius landscape reused oh, from it question mark I think yeah. this is I think you know you were saying about do they have to set up a landscape each yeah. time you know I I think this was in storage this looks very calm to me yeah because I know the BBC did they did keep uh, scenery didn't they they had a scene mm. big scenery store and you could go in there as a director or producer or designer and you could pick certain things. Because there, like, there was one where they ruined a lot of uh, Roman Ionic columns, didn't they, by mm. making them into trees or something. Um, but yeah, so I wonder if these are, not necessarily that this was made for Brain of Morbius or this. Brain of Morbius would have been first, wouldn't it, I think. Um, but they could be both used from something else. Mm. Mm. But very similar, very, very... I, I do like this... Although it's a quite obviously in a studio, I quite like it when the BBC does this sort of thing where it's dry ice and studio and different, mm. different sort of almost a three D effect because they've obviously it's a bit like the old, old school theatre, isn't it? Where you've got 
the the little bits at the front, then the mid scenery, and then the mm. backdrop, and it yep. it works really well. It is very old school and and mm. very um, very effective. It's yeah, nice and yeah, moody, isn't it? it works, really, really yeah, good. It's very atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah, and we got also straight after that, we got this uh, nice model work of that plane of monuments. Yes. Um, accompanied, accompanied by lots of uh, thunder and, and some eerie music. Do you, do you know anything about the music that's in this tale? I don't know. No. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm musically inept, so <laughs> I, uh, I don't really have a great ear for music. All right. I, don't, I can't play any music. And the only thing I can tell is that all of... Uh, um, James Horner's soundtrack sound alike. <laughs> well, yeah, if you haven't got an ear for music, you yeah. would still know that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is a reason for this music. There's a reason why this is mm. like it is. Um, but uh, I'll talk about that when we get to behind the scenes. Um, um, this is when the first of our character appears. Cinephar, uh, a blue Cinephar. Blue Cinephar, yes. She, she's actually blue. Um, and she appears and she calls to Girok. Shirok? Shirok, I need you. You must come here to me. Now. All right, all right, I'm coming. Have a little patience. We of all people should have learned patience. I'm tired. I deserve some peace. We must earn our peace. I have, Sinever. I have earned it. You still came when I summoned you. I had no choice to use my power against me. It is not your power, Jean. I know, I know. It's the power of the race, but it's in me. I never wanted to be the keeper. You know that, Sinever. Nor I the guardian. You could set us both free. If I controlled the power, that's what I'd do. You know that is not possible. We must dissipate the power by restoring the balance. Then you and I can be at peace. But first, we must atone. Why us? We were chosen. I didn't ask to be chosen. One doesn't ask to be chosen. Are you sure about them, Sinifer? Not yet. This may not be their killing ground. Um, being the little old lady. The little old lady. And before she appears, we get some CSO from Pred Project Avalon superimposed over Cinefar. Uh, the thing that we missed last week, you and I, and then you pointed out to me that there was another link on Robots of Death with Blade yes. 7, is that purpley ready CSO on yeah, the robot's there's, eyes. Yeah, there's so many. And it's like we were... It was definitely getting into um, Spanish Inquisition levels, wasn't it, of... How many coincidences <laughs> or connections between the two shows? There were far more at the end of it yes. um, or, um, um, than when we started it. Yes, but yeah, we yeah she is blue. She has yes, definitely, definitely got blue. blue skin. Well, you can see because when you put makeup on someone's skin, the, it accentuates any um, any uh, bumps or you know slight imperfections, things like that. And you can see that it's definitely makeup. Because at first I was watching it, I'm thinking. Is it blue lighting? Because I've always assumed it was blue makeup. I said, is it blue lighting? No, nope, this is definitely, for some reason at the beginning, they're blue. She is blue in yeah. a blue dress, and Giroc yeah. appears. Or, well, a very blue dress, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've got to be careful here, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I think it's legitimate, because uh, Anne watched this one, and um, she, she really enjoyed it, but she did say it, sort of, it, it's strange you forget what they could get away with 
mm. in the seventies that you wouldn't, you know. I know you've got things like Game of Thrones now, which is, you know, they do full frontal nudity, things like that, and it's swearing. But that's a subscription channel show. Yeah. Whereas the BBC, I think, has gone the other way. They're very up till the the watershed. They're very, they're super tight control on what you can say, what you mm. can show. Whereas in the seventies, I think it was a bit looser, wasn't it? I think. It was a bit looser. Either that, yeah. or the heating had packed up in the studio Possibly, that day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But Giroc appears. Um, she's blue as well, and uh, and in brown robes. Yes, I love this actor. I think I I don't know whether I've seen her anything else, but I love her in this. I think Giroc is such a good character. It's she is uh, so good. She is my favourite out of the yeah. two. I think definitely, definitely. Yeah, and she's got definitely got more character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very Monty Python stroke labyrinth look. This uh, the, 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 this yeah. crone in her robes with a big staff, isn't it? Yes. And um, I tell you what, I'm reminded of whenever I see them two talking. Are you? I know you used to read 2000 AD. Yes. Um, do Long you time ago, yeah. do you remember? Were you reading it when Slain was in it? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember a time where he was fighting for uh, the Earth Goddess, and you had uh, a, a a young woman and a old crone? It does ring a bell. Yeah, there, yes, Pat, Pat Mills. Bell. Yeah, Pat Mills. Of course, he used lots of Celtic mythology and and tales and put them into Slain. And there is, according to Pat Mills, it's old Celtic mythology that the Earth Goddess had three aspects. You had the uh, the mother, the maiden, and the crone. Okay, yeah. and apparently that's been debunked. It's not. It's a twentieth century invention. Uh, the mother, the maiden, and to the be, crone. To be fair, most Celtic or or you know, Wiccan myths and that are 20th yes, century inventions. Yes, of aren't course, they? yeah. And um, in Slain and in many versions, the mother is the actual earth itself. And then you have two other characters, the maiden and the crone, which I thought of here. And in, and in Slain, yeah, the, the, the earth, Danu, is, it, it is the mother. And then you've got this beautiful young woman and an ancient old hag crone. And I'm always reminded of that when I see these two together. I don't know if that was a deliberate thing by Terry Nation or if it's just a coincidence, but uh, I, I thought I, I'd mention I think it. it. Yeah, I think it might be I think it's it's following the same sort of lines, isn't it? Because Giroc is sort of the she's the, 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 the spirit of the warlike nature of spirit, isn't it? Mm. The, the unrepentant spirit whereas uh, Sinifar is the, the hope the the that they can move on from this, and there's some really nice dialogue between the two about that. That uh, Giroc is the reason that they're still trapped there because her she doesn't learn. She's, mm. you know, she's she's very much a uh, an unrepentant uh, old lady. Um, and we get that through the story, don't we? Yes, we get that yeah, throughout the story. Really good. Yeah, and Giroc... there's a nice little level to it because because this let, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room straight away on this. This is. Star Trek the original series arena episode this is yep. Kirk fighting the Gorn it's exactly the same storyline apart from these extra characters of uh, of Giroc and Sinophar. and it but it does bring a a completely different feel to it without them this would be just Blake and Travis fighting in a muddy field yeah this this was Kirk versus the Gorn and i remember the first time well it, i i love this episode it's one of my favourite episodes of season one, and I loved it from the first time around. I can remember us and our, my mates playing this in the street. Um, and then when it came out on the compilation videos, and you watch it, and then 
you're so you're, you're so it's like how did they get away with this this is just arena mm. but watching it now it it's more than that they sort of taken the the basic idea but they have sort of fleshed it out i don't know how much was terry nation doing that or the you know i don't know because yeah it's difficult to know because terry nation as we often we often run him down poor fella um he was he was a, a a good hack writer but he wasn't very i don't think he was that subtle and this mm. this smacks of subtlety I tell you what, it is so subtle that I'm I'm puzzled by what's going on here because, yeah, you're right. In the Star Trek tale, you you had some bald aliens overseeing it. Yes. Okay, but yeah. here this is something far more enigmatic because Girok says she wants peace and just to rest, and Sinafar says, well, you've got to earn it, and we also find out that Sinafar used her power of the race to summon Girok. I don't understand what's going on. Are they ghosts? Are they spirits? Are they mutants? Are they really I, I there? Think, I think this is this is this also has a very uh, sort of smattering of of Japanese um, sp- spirit law in the, the 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 in Japan the you can have the spirits of the actions of things that happened and they they uh, sort of personalize these these actions that happened with these spirits and i think it's like this so i think they these these are not real people i think these are the 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 spirits of the 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 people out not people as in person but people as in the whole nation Hmm. the whole race yeah so i think these are the spirits of the like say i i get the feeling that cinefar is the the hope that they've moved on from a warlike state Hmm. whereas uh, Giroc is the warlikeness keeps mm. coming back, but yeah, it's 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 nice. It, it the more times you see it, and you still can't. It's not spelt out for you, which I think is really good. I I think if it was cut and dried, we're a peaceful alien race, and we don't like fighting like in Star Trek. It it's very one dimensional, mm. as this is. You can really th- have a think about it, and I mean, chances are you'll you'll never know. <laughs> Mm. What what the uh, what Terry Nation meant or thought about this, but yeah, it's um for, for I mean we keep saying going back and saying about sort of how clever season one is and that and it really is you can it's like coming from Warlord to this, mm. it's shocking. It is, but I love it. I love the fact that, do, yeah. that, that that we will never know. You know, it's your own interpretation. That's what we're talking about yeah. now. You know, and there are question marks. It's not all spelled out for you. But if these indeed are spirits, are if they are a manifestation of the consciousness, if you like, of this this race, then this I think is the only supernatural story there ever was in Blake Seven. Um, you've got Sulin talking about a curse, you yeah. know, in sand from you know the sarcophagus thing but this is the only out and out true supernatural story there yeah, there I ever think, was then yeah i think so mm. i think it's it's the only one where you've i mean i know like rc clark said that you know if a technology is sufficiently advanced it's indistinguishable from magic, magic but this is yeah. the only one where you don't get a it's an alien you know what i mean that sort mm. of explanation and I, I i like it i i didn't as a as a teenager i because I was a, a horrible, rational-thinking teenager, I used to think I was. I liked things to be. I didn't like. I didn't like spirit stuff and whimsy. Mm. And now I, I like it. But back then, I, you know, it's like, oh, I, I want it spelled out for me. Yeah. And it's it's better when it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Giroc is the keeper, Sinafar is the guardian. And uh, Sinafar says she won't set them free until they've restored the balance. Then they can be at peace. And it's a role that they were chosen for. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing by the planet, you know. Yeah, uh, who else by... is going to do them? Yeah, I mean, it's, like you say, it's, it's, a, it's a supernatural tale, isn't it? It's yeah. almost a, you know, a religious-style mm. tale. Um, but yeah, I think they, uh, until... I don't know, because everyone's dead, so I don't know why they're worrying about it particularly but but yeah they she wants she wants them to be balanced and at peace so she wants the the warlike nature the 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 i mean very very uh uh very on the nose for today's news stories the toxic masculinity of mm. of this uh this planet um she wants it sort of balanced by the peaceful nature of it and it's um yeah i don't i don't know what would happen when would they just disappear when they do? Will the planet well, be... Well, that was my next point. I, what what yeah. I was going to say is, you know, um, I get the impression that they only manifest themselves when violence is about to happen. Yeah. So, you know, you've got this battle just about to take place in orbit. They've only got a, a limited, you know, uh, range of influence. And yes. it's, you know, just outside the planet. So after, you know, Blake and Travis have gone their separate ways... What happens then? Do they go back to sleep until another violent encounter happens? Yeah, I, I presume so. If, so if Blake would have come here for peaceful purposes and Travis hadn't turned up, would they not have appeared? I don't think they would have, no. No, I think it's the violence that actually yeah. makes this happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they could be having a long nap. Which is interesting, because Travis... Yeah, because Tarrant... Tarrant. <laughs> bloody Tarrant again. <laughs> Travis is... Um, he's already there waiting for him. So is it, is it that uh, Travis is... Um, his natural warlike ways he's what's actually brought them out mm. it could be couldn't it yeah yeah, yeah. they know what's happening because cinephile looks up in the yeah. sky doesn't she and she sees yeah, the three p bulbs the... um which are pursuit ships yeah um and and this is where we do our first of our fast forwards in this episode um because we've partly covered it the whole um travis and uh the mutoids on his ship um so we're going to skip over that bit. We'll return to it when we do our Travis Mark 1 special, though. Excellent. But then we go to the Liberator, and we get a very unusual pass by the underside of the Liberator. Yes, really nice. There's some nice model shots in this. Yeah, they're lovely, aren't yeah. they? And, and I don't think this, this shot was ever used again. Don't, I mean, um, we, we, we confidently say that every week about something, and then yeah. it proved wrong in about mm. two weeks' time. So I... I I don't remember seeing it again, put it that way, but I, it might do. But it's really nice. It's uh, some some nice unusual angles. Yeah. I mean, I know the 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 up and coming when you see the when they're trying to ram each other. I don't remember seeing that ever used again. No, no, no. But yeah, they're there. That they're, they're approaching the planet, and yep. uh, we go inside and we find out that they're low on power and they've got forty eight hours to recharge the batteries. Yeah. Um. And this little moment, I think, is really nice because Zen says, uh, sorry, Blake says to Zen, you know, uh, all right, put us in a fixed orbit. We'll wait here for two days. And Zen has already anticipated that decision. And you get nice, you know, smiles from Gan and Villa to Blake. Yeah. You know, they're amused by it. The planet should give us some protection from the detectors. Zen, take us into orbit as close as possible to the planet's surface. As close as possible, Zen, the orbit could decay in 48 hours. Confirmed. The parameters were anticipated. <laughs> I get the distinct feeling I offended Zen's professional pride, then. 
It's just a machine, Blake. And he should know. Well, Avon is the expert. That's not what I meant. No. He was calling me a machine. But since he undoubtedly defines himself as a human being, I shall choose to accept that as more of a compliment than anything else. Yeah, it's some nice um, dialogue between the crew that, again, fleshes out that they haven't just wandered off for this scene. You get the feeling that they've been together for a while. They're getting to, you know, they sort of they're into a, a comfortable routine, mm. um, almost a almost a family feel, isn't it? You get it's it's really. I mean, we we love we love us a bit of flight deck banter, um, and this this is really nice. It's you know, it's got the classic uh, Avon Villa exchange and oh it, it, it yeah. is a classic i love it i love it the whole thing about you know oh no he's comparing me to a machine yeah. which is if if he's human i'll take that as a compliment that's a brilliant line yeah so and again this is this is the avon we know and love this is clever smart avon mm. Mm. not mad uh plan <laughs> you know mad plan following avon yeah, no, this is brilliant, Avon. And I, I've said yeah. before, I really like his outfit with his little, you know, calculator on yeah, his chest. I, I was, yeah, I was thinking that watching this, and I thought, everyone's in their their best outfits in this, aren't they? Mm. So so Blake's in his Robin Hood one that's really... I really do like that outfit. I keep meaning to try and have a go at making one. Avon's in his nice REM-style outfit. Villa's in his sort of checkerboard, you know, made yep. out of patches one. Um, then they get you get some really nice anorak action later on, so it's got everything. I, it, it's it's this this screams quality. This episode doesn't it? Scream. They've still got a lot of obviously got a lot of money still at this point, mm. and nothing looks particularly shoddy. There is one moment uh, coming up where I think the money did run out a little bit, but I'll, I'll point that out when ah, we get that, to is, it. Is that because they obviously didn't film certain Travis scenes on the planet? No, 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 oh, no, right. no. It's up on the Liberator, but I'll mention oh, that right. when I get oh, to right. it. Yeah, to yeah. But Blake says, "Well, look, we're going to be here for two days. We might as well get a bit of exercise. Yeah. Let's go down the planet." And so he does, and so does Jenna and Gan. And I like the way it's nice early day Villa because Villa kind of like brushes past Avon, doesn't he? And they actually brush chests. This is not the cowardly, you know, Villa. Villa's yeah. just been insulted by Avon, and he's just like paying him back a little bit by not moving out of his way. Yeah, they, they're they're still sort of finding their their feet round each other, but there's not. It's it hasn't descended into a hierarchy. They're still pretty much equals, mm. um, which you know we we would had a few episodes now where. Um, where like they work so well together when they're acting as equals. Not, I, I think they're friends. I think they're sort of they're wary friends. Yes, yeah. but they. It, I like this. I don't. It. This feels so much more real than, than a crew following. Avon's every word unquestioning. Yeah. This is this is real people in space. And of course this is early Blake as well. He hasn't yes, got his mission yeah. yet. They're just surviving yeah. at the moment. They Yeah, they're just trying to keep out of the way and, and, and not be killed, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well they go to go down to the planet and as you say, they're in their lovely colour coded space anoraks. Yeah, um, I like those anoraks. They're beautiful, aren't they? And um they're teleported down to the planet. Terrific lighting in all this, you know. Yes, uh, yes it's a yeah. set, but I think it's down to the director Douglas Camfield. He he, he was excellent on lighting. Um uh, really uh, uh atmospheric stuff. Yes. Yeah, he was a really good director. 
Yeah. And Jenna says that the, the surface of the planet appears to have been melted. And uh, Gan finds that monument, that, 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 that human monument, monument holding up what what is it, a broken weapon or, yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh, as far as they can see, um, um, there's more of them going off in the distance. I like that as well because that's just a painting they're looking at, but it's done, yeah. been done very well. It is, and it's been it's been filmed at the right angle and they don't sort of go into too much close up on it so it, it looks really good um i mean the other thing that's really nice in this whole episode but especially on the planet scenes is the um the sound effects as well really mm. help it along yeah because you've got um, the wind effects as well yeah. haven't you you know yeah no that's you're not just hearing clunking about on a plywood floor you know it's <laughs> which we've had before it's, it's yeah quality stuff yeah very, we have had yes very much planets, quality yeah, yeah. um yeah. Gan turns round and he sees Sinifar and Giroc. Yeah. Blake! Jenna! Well, at least we know the planet's inhabited. Was inhabited. Look here. I can see. Grave markers. So many. Blake, we've got company. They were here. Two women watching us. they could have gone. So where are they now? Maybe my limiter has a malfunction. Maybe we've all been on the ship too long. Now now they've got regular skin tones. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, Cinefar's blue dress, it's still quite revealing, but it's now uh, yellow and white. Yep. And Giroc's robes have changed from brown to blue. Yeah, I, it'd be nice to know, I mean, did they... Did they do the first bits as sort of you know tests right at the beginning? They decided to change their mind. Was it in was it intentional? You know, I, do you think it's difficult to know? It hadn't occurred to me, but do you think the blue skin tones is supposed to subtly say these are ghosts? Yeah, well, that's what I I sort of thought. Is it was it is it intentional that when they're in their spirit form they're blue, but then when they manifest in front of Blake and that they're they've manifested as is sort of human form i don't know but i do like it yeah. um i mean yeah. a, another way that i guess they could have gone with it is you don't have them human and i'm thinking of you the aliens that you see in the doctor who story are the stones of blood when the story goes really bad up and onto that spaceship and yes. they're just glowing balls of light they, they could have yeah. been two I balls they, of light yeah. like that to begin with they could have done, and that I think that's that smacks of Star Trek again. Isn't it? We used to get a lot of balls of light, mm -hmm. cheap effects on Star Trek the original series. Um, I'm glad they went with people because I mean, even though it's not very believable as far as if they were aliens, what are the chances they would look like us? Blah 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 blah. But weigh that against you get good performances, interaction, and emotion. Mm. I'd give me that every day. You yeah. Know? Yeah, well, they they vanish when uh, Gan warns the others, and uh, Gan says his limiter might be playing up. I don't know how your limiter can make you see things, but uh, um, 
Blake decides the planet is a, a nice little bit of foreshadowing. Is it that, is. It is yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Blake decides the planet is a memorial to the dead and yeah. uh, maybe Gan saw ghosts. Um, they're not ghosts, goes Gan as he yeah. looks at the three P bulbs uh, moving in. Yeah, um, it's nice that Gan's getting some some decent lines. He did. And stuff he did in did, season one, it? didn't he? he yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Um, so that, that they call up to teleport uh, uh, to Villa to teleport, and this is what I was saying about. I think the money run out because they are clearly hush puppies. Right in the centre, <laughs> right by the camera. There's been no disguising. Yeah. They haven't sprayed them silver or anything. That's like something from Clark's, isn't it? Yeah, well, they. You, I mean, there's a, a few sort of classic shots of Blake and there photographs where he's just wearing hush puppies mm. anyway. So either either they hush puppies carry on till the uh, second calendar of the or second century of the new calendar, whenever it was we said it was. Uh, so it might be worth investing in their shares because, mm. you know, they're going to survive it. Um, but the other reason is why is why a why is Villa taking his shoes off, <laughs> and b why has he put them on the table? Does, has he never learnt any manners? <laughs> I don't know. It, it makes me smile. It just makes me smile. And and you were yeah, saying about good. you know uh, Villa's outfit. I do like this outfit. It's almost like yes, a, a a court jester style outfit, yeah. isn't it? A checkerboard of different colours. Yeah. Really smart. Really, really, really smart. But uh, yeah, he wakes up. Uh, he teleports them up. Uh, sets off I the alarm. I do like his little sorry. Sorry, and runs off. <laughs> yeah. And as good as that is, it's beaten almost immediately because we've got Avon's flappy run again. Ah, oh, yes, I wrote that in my notes. Flappy run in. Flappy run in. Should have had a tally. The best yet because he he's yeah. close up to the camera on that flappy run as he comes around yes. the, the corner yeah. of the sofa. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, well, next. Up. I think you should um, you should go through all the series and collect together all the instances of Avon's flappy run in. Put in a video. I, well, it, that wouldn't be difficult to do because I have been logging them on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that that wouldn't be hard to find them. Yeah. What is it? This broken weapon could it be a symbol of peace or defeat? This whole place is a memorial to the dead. <laughs> Maybe there were ghosts you saw. Those aren't ghosts. Pursuit ships, they've got to be. Where did they come from? Must have been waiting for a Travis strategy again. Villa! Pursuit ships closing on you! Villa! Full alert and get us up fast! Move it! They're right on top of you! Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> the Liberator can't get past these uh, pursuit ships. They don't have enough power to outrun them, and they don't have enough energy to fire the neutron blasters. And In- interestingly, on this, because we see the pursuit ships, and one going back to like the the sound effects, we've got this weird space audio effect whenever you see the bing. Yeah. It's sort of weird yeah. thing. And I was thinking, where do I know that from? Where do I know that from? And then I realised it's it was used in the goodies episode, uh, You Friend or You Foe, right. where it was the Close Encounters rip-off. And it was every time they showed the spaceship, they sh- they played this music. And I'm thinking, so was this a... Is this something people would expect? Was it used in perhaps like the BBC's coverage of the moon landings or something or Sputnik? Or why, why would a completely separate production crew use the same sound effects to denote a spaceship 
I have is, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. the answer in behind the oh, scenes. Excellent. Yes. Good. Right. Wow. We'll get there. Uh, um, yeah, Zen says to surrender. That's the only thing to do. And we get some. Yes. Yeah. We get sensible. some. Yeah, but we get nonsensible lines here. Um, Avon says logic says we're dead, and Blake says logic has never explained what dead means. Yes, it does. It means something's dead. Yeah. Also, logic wouldn't explain something like a definition like that anyway. Uh, I think Blake's just—he's just being—he's trying to sound butch and manly, isn't he? And it, it, he can't—he can't do the quips like Avon. I bet afterwards Avon was snickering to himself, going, ah, "You haven't got it. <laughs> that was nonsense. You haven't got it." Yet. <laughs> Um, well, the pursuit ships, they open fire and Blake yep. orders the force wall to be raised only at the last minute. And I do like the, 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 the come on from Avon, you know, um, you know, he, he, he's got a problem with uh, yeah. Blake at this point. Yeah, he um, he's not shy to criticize Blake as he's he doesn't think Blake's doing a particularly good job on in this episode mm. on anything. Yeah. Um, but it's nice that that a these pursuit ships are not fire three plasma bolts and their energy is gone they're just pounded yeah, away yeah. and it's also travis's plan in this is this is what we, we've said before that travis should win mm. his plans are very very clever and should win if blake wasn't the hero yeah um and his idea of just having the pursuit ships pound them one at a time while corralling it re really clever yeah a bit difficult to to encircle in space with three ships I was gonna but, say. you know <laughs> I'll give him that you budget. Just enough. go up or you just go down and you've escaped from them, haven't yeah. you? Yes. Yeah, everything's horizontal or, once again. Yeah. Also they say so one of the one of the pursuit ships uses all its energy and falls out of it. At that point, if I was Blake, I would be heading at that Go for that one. There's a massive great gap, <laughs> yeah. You've just lost one third of your encircling stuff. Yeah, yeah, go for that. Well, this is the moment coming up, isn't it? Uh, and I think we've talked about it before, Blake's little tablet device that he's got. He, for once, Blake Seven actually predicts oh, and, technology. And, and was increases at that. Yeah, and was increases at that. She said, that must have seemed so futuristic. It's not bad. It does look like a tablet. Yeah. Okay, he's having yes, to use yeah, a pen yeah. on, yeah. for it, but uh, yeah. it doesn't look too bad. Deactivate. Bank five is finished. Drawing on six. Send power reserves. At the present level of discharge, reserves will be exhausted in 2.3 hours. Which is when they'll move into the kill. Yes, and we'll be helpless. Plasma boat launched. Bearing directly. Avon, Cali. Lieutenant, take command. Ganville, you help them. Now watch the screen. This is the Liberator, surrounded by one, two, three pursuit ships. They're trying siege tactics. Our only chance is to break out and run before we're too weak, do you agree? Activating! We know we can't outrun them. I wasn't planning to try. Deactivating! Now, this is the pursuit ship that's done all the fine. That'll be low on power now, so it won't be a problem. So we can ignore it. Ah, right. This one hasn't fired at all yet, so this must be Travis. We're going straight for it. Not over, under, or round, but right through it. Plasma boat launched. Bearing directly. Ram it. The liberator should be able to take the attack here. I admire your confidence. So that'll leave only one more to deal with. That's right, a straight fight, one against one. If any of our control systems are damaged by the impact, we will be helpless. We're not exactly in a commanding position now. Activating. Have you got any better ideas? As a matter of fact, no, I haven't. 
Does that mean you agree? Do I have a choice? Yes. Then I agree. Deactivate. Um, I just I love it when Blake because he does this in one of the other episodes anyway. He says, "Let's let me show you," and he does like the most basic of. It's like a three-year-old has drawn it. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't. You don't really need to draw that. They could grasp that. How thick did they think these audiences were? That you know. They'd, they'd carried on watching from a question of sport, mm. and they were, Whoa, I don't understand his plan. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Blake's yeah. plan is to go straight through Travis's ship, which doesn't make much sense because that's got full power. It hasn't fired yet. You know, that's the one you shouldn't yeah. be shooting at, are going towards. And Yeah, that's the most powerful one. <laughs> yeah, so let's go towards it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Avon, of course, objects because, you know, he's talking about ramming the ship and the hole should, mm. you know, take the impact okay. And that's when Blake says, have you got any better ideas? And at that moment, the ship is rocked. And Avon uh, uh, grabs Blake to stop him falling over. And after the rocking has finished, continues to hold yeah, on to Blake. Yeah, it goes on. A, it goes on a beat too much. Doesn't He's it? giving it's him like, a cuddle, ooh, effectively. Isn't he? Grasping each other. He's still holding him. Yes, yeah. yes. And and he says, um, you know, as a matter of fact, no. But I I do like this. I I I don't think I've never thought that Avon hates Blake. You know, he admires him, um, but would never admit it. And you know, he admires what he stands for and what he's doing it's something he would never do yeah and and he doesn't like the fact that blake's action is putting him in danger but deep down he does admire blake i think i think his his animosity towards blake is purely down to um he thinks he should have the liberator Mm. and you're right blake's actions continually put both the liberator and avon himself in danger but yeah i don't I, i think he's got He's definitely got some respect for Blake, mm. and I do. Yeah, I think you're right. He, th- he he looks on Blake as the probably the the better, more altruistic half that uh, that Avon hasn't got. Mm. And there's a um, part coming up soon that we'll be talking about, which I think reinforces that even more. Um, but uh, yeah, they go towards Travis's ship, and at yeah. this point, we get the pursuit ship size controversy, don't we? Yeah. See, I like this. I quite like the fact that they're similar sizes because it fits in elsewhere like they said you know we've sort of tried to work out when they say three pursuit ships can destroy the liberator if they're this big yes they could i can see it but if if, a if pursuit, they're these tiny ones yeah but if a pursuit ship is this big why does it only hold a crew of three yeah that's that, that's the drawback and this earth technology to have such big engines and big guns is you, they, the rest of it is radiation shielded there's just a tiny little uh, attic in the middle that uh, you know they sit in, and the rest of it is just lead shielding. See, I've always had the pursuit yeah. ships down as pretty much the same sort of size as, as a. You yeah. know, maybe not even that. I I always see see them as sort of size sort of size as a Cylon Raider because that's got three people in it, three Cylons in it, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Yes. It's a three man fighter, so yeah, maybe about yeah. the size of the London. Yeah, I th- I think it makes. Everything else we that they that you see of them makes more sense that they're small because, like you say, you only ever see the 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 one room that they're in. I mean, it could be that they're like the Enterprise and we're just looking at a tiny bridge, mm. but we never see anything like that, do we? We never no. see sort of below decks. Do you know what? I, I shouldn't really be saying this now because we are going to have a pursuit ship special. But the thing that that for me uh, makes me. Yeah. 
my, my, my trump card for saying that, no, yep. it's only as big as The Liberator because that's the two filming models that yes, you've got yep. there, is the fact that in some stories there are pursuit ships docked at Space Command. Now, if a pursuit ship was the size of The Liberator, it would be visible by Space Command, wouldn't it? The fact you don't see yeah, it means right. it's in a hangar somewhere, which means it's small. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right that the, the only reason... They they are this size is because that's what size the miniatures were, mm-hmm. and they didn't really have. Well, they we know they didn't have the video effects that they had in season four, where they could have. It would have looked awful, but they could have you know missed, used different elements. Mm. So it's all done. It was all done in camera, um, and it also it if the if the pursuit ship was much smaller, it does make more sense as to why Blake would ram them. Mm. Because otherwise, you you think, what the hell, ramming it? But if if one of them explodes, they're both going to go up. Whereas if you think if they were much smaller, you could ram it. It might take out one of the nacelles, or yeah. it might damage, you know, scrape along the surface. But the way it is at the moment, you almost think that the the liberator would just hit it and come to a dead stop yep. because the pursuit ship is of equal sort of size and weight. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Well, both ships begin to slow down and we get this video effect yes. to show the, the crew are being affected and the speech slows down as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And eventually the ships stop and we get a terrific moment to study uh, Martin Bauer's model work. You, a really decent yes. shot of his... Uh, Good stuff as well. Yeah, his intricate detail that, you know, the man is famous yeah. for. Yeah, shown off really well there. Yeah, look, the, these models are lovely. I, do, I mean, I, I like the Pursuit ship. I think it... Uh, it's such a good design as well. Yeah. Now, in the sound mix, I've never really noticed it before, but you've got you've got the word Blake and Travis amongst all the uh, sound effects. You've got you've got their names said, and they're brought down to the planet, aren't they? And it's at yes. that point that Giroc, uh talks to the crew on the ships. Listen to me. Listen to me, all. We are Jirok the Keeper, we are Seneca the Binder. Your ship is held, held in a stasis beam. It cannot break free. Only your life support systems will function normally. The rest will remain in our control until we have completed our path. You yourselves have been released so that you may watch, listen, and understand. We are ready. The warriors can be released. Blake? No. The weapon built into that hand will not work here, primitive. Nor will brute force, until I allow it. His impulse to kill is primitive. As ours was not. Who are you? I am Sinifar, the Guardian. This is Giroc, the Keeper. I'm Space Commander Travis, an officer and representative of the Earth Federation. As an agent of my government, I demand an explanation. (laughs) Not only is he primitive, he's pompous as well. And you, do you also make demands? I'm not a Federation officer, but I would like some answers. 
This man is an enemy of the state and a fugitive. He is my prisoner. <laughs> Primitive, pompous, and stupid. Jira. All right, all right. It's just that there is such violence in him. It's exciting. <laughs> oh, hold instincts to hearts. <laughs> yes, they, they see a horrible video effect version of her, don't they? Yeah, but don't she it's look scary? Her eyes are, like, real it. scary, I thought. Yeah, yeah. But Blake and Travis are stuck in a stasis beam, and they'll stay yeah. there. And Oh, no, no, she says there. Yeah, the ships are stuck in a stasis beam, yeah. and, and they're going to stay there and watch and understand. And um, Yeah, they, they need to learn this lesson. Yeah, you've got a lesson to learn. And that's when they switch off, I guess, the stasis beam that's holding Blake and Travis. And, of course, Travis being Travis, his first reaction is to cry Blake and try to shoot him with his gunner, gun hand, doesn't he? Yes, yeah. It's. I love this whole bit between Blake and... Well, between all of them, but Blake and Travis and the, the different the different ways they respond to uh, Sinophar and Giroc and the different arguments. I, it, it, it's so well written. Travis is brilliant because, you know, he, yeah. he's got his legs wide apart, hasn't he? Demanding yeah. to know who Sinophar and Giroc are and the whole, if you, I'm an officer of the Earth Federation, if you threaten me, you're threatening them, sort of thing. And, yes. And yeah. Total, total. He's in. He's no worries, is it? He's in total. He thinks he's in total control there. Yeah. And uh, flashing his uh, police badge will get the job done, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And, sorry, after you. I was going to say, and it's also this. This also shows that that Blake is a very intelligent person as well, because he, he immediately grasps that power-wise he's out of his depth yeah because G ought, yeah. yeah giroc says um that she thinks travis is pomp pompous and then turns to yes. blake and blake being the natural diplomat he knows he's out of his depth he doesn't know what's going on yep. he said well i would like some answers you know that is the right answer to give isn't it yeah he's he's a me yeah and that we said this so many times with blake he he knows that that you know, sugar catches more flies than vinegar, and he, so he's constantly. He, he emphasizes with you, don't he? And he he takes this conciliatory uh, conciliatory tone with them, that is is so good, it it works so well. I, I yeah, Blake is such a, a, a sort of under underrated character, isn't it? That Avon gets all the mm. gets gets all the attention, but yeah, Blake, I I really like and Gareth Thomas, fair dues. Brilliant actor. Yeah, he's doing it really, really well. Doing really well. And Giroc, yeah. you, you know, like you said at, at the beginning, you know, Giroc being the, the violent side of this yeah. uh, gone race. Uh, she likes Travis. As it, oh, uh, I, I love, yeah, I love this, that she, she goes and stands by his side. Yes, yeah. As if, as if they're pals or he's, he's her pet. And, she, yeah, she's like, he's so brilliant. And she loves him. And yeah. I wonder if they were taking bets behind the scenes <laughs> in scenes with you know they she was going oh I'll, 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 it's 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 a is it just a like a you know this this is the equivalent of a cockfight yeah so Almost, you know, yeah as she said this is I'll have Travis he's gonna win yeah 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 he's primitive pompous pompous and stupid but she likes him because he's got violence yeah. in him and um, and all the way through this you've yeah. got references yeah. to the pair's violent past all the way through haven't you yeah yeah you have yes it's. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it, I'd love to know more about the history of this planet. Well, I mean, probably not because it would be ruined, but I would like to know what these people are, you know, what, 
what happened to get him into this state? Well, we're just about to get it because, you know, Travis, he continues with the threats and is mocked by Blake. I like the whole, why don't you try stamping your foot line yes. um, from from Blake, which is countered by Travis being Travis, saying, oh, that's very funny for a dead man. Um, Stephen Grief isn't isn't camping it up here. He's playing it dead straight, yeah. isn't he? He's, he's really, really yeah. good. He means it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been a, that could have been a snarly line. And he just says it. Oh, very funny for a dead man. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's so so well played. Yeah. yeah. But this is when we do get the backstory from Cinefar. Our powers grew out of a thousand years of war, out of hate and fear and the will to survive. We built destruction, weapons that your peoples have not yet dreamed of. Every passing year brought new and more powerful ways to kill. And through the centuries, the war raged across our planet. With each generation, there were fewer of us. The dead vastly outnumbered the living. And still, there was no victory for either side. How did it end? How? Another development of another weapon. We demanded their surrender. They refused. The weapon was used. Those that we call our enemy were annihilated. You won. That's all that mattered. It wasn't a victory. It was only the end of the war. We were left with a planet made barren by radiation. Our children were monsters. Or died. Or were never born. This, we won. Yeah. About how their powers grew out of a thousand years of war and the will to survive. So, hmm... So do you, do you think this is just this is just uh, Uncle Terry reusing his ideas, or could this be Scarro? <laughs> could this it, be the Thousand Year War? I think it is reusing Daleks because she says, yeah. you know, the planet was covered in radiation, and how yeah. the children were born monsters, or or well, they died. say well if you yeah but if you listen to it because I I was when she sat to it and I thought. This, oh, what if it was the Daleks? Because they don't. They say um, a thousand-year war, and in the end, one side invented a weapon. Yeah. The weapon was used, yeah. and it. I don't think she says exterminated, but it wiped out both sides. I thought this is just as Genesis of the Daleks. Well, no, she doesn't say that. She says the weapon was this used. Storyline. Yeah, she yeah. she says the weapon was used, and the other side was beaten. But the radiation remained, yeah. and that's when the children yes, were born yeah. monsters, or didn't, or not born at or all, or not born yeah. at all. But yeah, this is this is deja vu time, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Blake says to her, "How many of you are there now?" And she says, yeah. "And there you have it. There is the answer. None. We are a dead yeah. race." She says, "Yeah." Well, Blake Blake's obviously thinking that they are real people part of this race isn't he he's, he's gone with the oh they must be just aliens type things mm. but they're not they're, they're yeah the race is gone yeah and both here they give their viewpoints travis says blake is a fugitive and must be either captured or killed and blake agrees that he's a fugitive but it's of a corrupt federation that which he will destroy yeah yeah, it's, it, it nicely summed. I mean, it's the whole series, isn't it? Summed up in mm. two sentences. Yeah, yeah. At, I mean, at least yeah. the first two seasons, definitely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're going to be given the opportunity to fight. Uh, the loser's ship will be allowed to leave. And uh, Blake 
says, well, we could agree not to fight. Yeah. <laughs> to which Travis sneers. He's like, oh, will we? Yeah. <laughs> See, again, again, though, Blake looking for the peaceful way of doing it, and it the, the least, the quickest and the least effort way of doing things, mm. like we could work together. Now, I, I would have, what would have happened had Travis said, okay, you're on. What... That would have been an interesting, you know, how much, how far would you trust Travis? He, he wouldn't at the first opportunity, no. as soon as he turned his back, you know. Yeah. Because, um, you know, no, no, no. Tra- Tra- Travis's world is Blake, you know. Um, that's why I don't think Travis could have continued after season two if Blake not wasn't as, around. Yeah, not, no. yeah, not, I, I, yeah, you're right. Not as the character was. And, and to be honest, without Blake, he's, he's outlived any usefulness he had. Yeah, yeah. So. Much as we'd have liked to have seen him stand around, yeah, you're right. Without Blake, there he's nothing. You never saw the standalone adventures of Moriarty, did you? No, no, yeah. no. That would have been not very interesting. Yeah. So they've they've been told they've got to learn a lesson about death. Um, yeah. They must take a life, though, not just press a button and or something. You've got to physically do it. Um, you're not going to have any blasters. You're not going to have any, you know, sophisticated weapons. Just tools for survival. When that's when they get these like machete things appear. Yeah, they've misjudged Travis, though, haven't they? Because they're sort of they're, they're they're making out that you've got to be you've got to be personally killing someone. You can't. Do it. And Travis, he's away. He's killed yep. so many. But he would happily, uh, you know, stick a bayonet in your throat yep. personally, wouldn't he? He's, it was Blake. I don't think of this. This have we seen Blake kill anyone up at this point? Where are we? We're when do we first see Blake killing what, someone? What episode are we in? We're we're only like this seven, is episode eight. Episode eight. Think, seven yeah. eight. I don't know. I don't know. But mm. the thing is, they've been given tools for survival. Travis sees that as yeah. a tool for killing Blake. You know. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. he's just about to, isn't he? He's just about to yeah. attempt it. Um, but they also say you must also learn of the death of a friend. Yeah. And Jenna is sent to the forest along with what's her name? Kiera. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an interesting choice. Uh, why Jenna yeah. and not one of the other yeah, members I, of the crew? Yeah, I thought that. Is, so have they have they sort of scanned Blake's mind and this is the person that he's got the most affection for on the Liberator? Because we never really see, do we? There's no any sort ever of any sort of romance between Blake no. and Jenna. I know, that, I know that was the original idea, I think, wasn't it? That was, But yeah, there's no... No, um, no romance whatsoever. I've, interestingly, I read the other day. I, I've not heard it anywhere other than in a Facebook group for Blake Seven, and someone was saying that um, Gareth Thomas used to say that, as far as he was concerned, he played Blake as uh, a homosexual man. So oh, I've never seen any... that. Yeah, and I, I've never read it, and I'm saying that's quite an interesting idea because there is no. I mean, he he sort of has he. he you get the feeling there might have been something with his cousin yes. Leela, don't we? Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I, if Gareth Thomas said that, then that's fine. I don't think it really comes into play much. But it's an interesting thought because yeah, there's no no chemistry whatsoever, no sexual chemistry between Blake and Jenna. You get the feeling they are friends mm. and that they respect each yeah. other. Yeah. But yeah, there's not none of the usual sort of. Captain Kirk, Green Woman. No, no. Shenanigans going on. I would have liked to have had a scene on the Liberator where the others left behind go. Well, why, why wasn't I picked then? Yeah, Aren't I, oh, I, I his friend. <laughs> why did she go down? I, well, Avon would be going. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go anyway. Villa would be like, oh, but I didn't want to go anyway. Yeah. The only one that would really want to go would be Gan. Yeah. 
and he would true. be useless. He, would. he couldn't <laughs> kill anyone. This is very true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could hollow him out and use him as a shelter, I suppose. <laughs> I think it's as simple as you know, Travis has got a female accompaniment. Therefore, yes. Blake has got to have one. But We've there was a male. A... There was a male uh, mutoid. There was, and, and was this is very odd because over, yeah, on, yeah, only in this story do you ever see Travis with a male. Mutoid. Every other time Travis is with mutoids, they're always female. Yes. Always. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they they rapidly thought this is the this is the sexy photo op for the newspaper oh. to get a bit of publicity, isn't it? And I think that's more than it's as shallow as that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I really do think so. Yeah. So that's set off, sent on their way into the yeah. forest, and uh, Giroc invisibly watches Blake in the forest, yes. and she turns his face blue with this strange bird parity noise um, goes on. Um, I'm guessing it's just yeah. a stunned and I, Blake. I, I get the feeling he's meant to be blinded, isn't he? Yeah, he's stunned. Or, yeah, he's not, he, he can't see for a few seconds, because otherwise it makes no sense of this, you know, when Travis appears, because he's sort of looking as if he's like, I can't see anything yeah. type acting. I take it Xerox done that to give Travis the upper hand because she wants, she wants Travis, Travis to kill to win, Blake. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's got a fiver raiding on this, yeah. hasn't she? She, <laughs> she wants to win that. And, and you know, yes, uh, and, and it pays off because Travis appears, says Blake, duffs him up, you know, straight away. And what, what a good, what a good job Travis does. None, no, yeah, he, he knocks him down, he, he fights him. You don't, well, it's not even a fight, is it? He pummels. It, it, uh, Blake. Blake puts up no resistance whatsoever. At that point, Travis should win. Yeah, but tra- Travis has won absolutely immediately. Yeah. But also, you know, he he wants Blake to know who's done it. He could have stabbed Travis immediately, yeah. couldn't he? But no, it's uh, like yeah. Blake, Blake duffs him up before, you know, holding that knife up to his throat. But yeah, I mean, because and that sort of parallels in with um, Star 1, doesn't it, where Travis walks in and says, Blake, and just shoots yeah. him immediately, yeah, which it's I, me, I love. That's it's me killing Travis you, scene. yes. That, I've never yeah. thought about that. That's a nice bit of continuity between yeah. the two Travises. Yeah, it's um, it's so good. Um, it's interesting that this whole sequence, though, was cut out of the compilations. Mm. So when when I, when I the, the unedited VHS, I say unedited, the mainly unedited VHSs appeared for the first time, and I watched this because I, I, I watched the... the the dual compilation to death absolutely watched it to pieces and it was it was amazing watching it and seeing these all these little extra scenes mm. it was like a extended director's cut it was wasn't it <laughs> yeah well yeah he's he's got the blade up to um uh blake's throat it's like goodbye blake and uh, that's when time is stopped goodbye blake Sherlock. Misuse the power. Separate them. Wipe it from their minds. Nothing's lost. How long must I suffer you, Giroc? Restart the contest, Cinefer. These two shall promise. Uh, because Giroc is told uh, told off by Cinefer, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. It's like uh, she's like a, a naughty schoolgirl, isn't she? And she she's acts really... it as well. She's really yeah. good in it. It's like, yeah. oh, I wasn't going to let him do it. I just wanted to see yeah. a bit of violence. He's fascinating. Blah 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 blah. I want to see him in action, basically. Yeah. Um, and I like the way she says about wipe their minds. 
and yeah. and and time is reset. These are powerful beings, whatever they are. They they they, yes. they have mighty powers here. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I I couldn't work out whether I mean they they do sort of mention it slightly as to whether this wood is on the planet or does it even exist? Hmm. Is it is it all in their minds? Is it in their mind? Yeah, I don't know. Because if it's not in their minds, they have power to manifest um, uh, machetes out of nothing. Yes, yes. Yeah. they are also powerful enough to you know stop the ships as well. I mean, <coughs> maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. the, the ships never almost collided. Maybe this is an illusion yeah. for absolutely everybody. Well, yeah, is is did they merely control Blake and uh, Travis to stop their own ships? Mm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thought. Are they like the Talosians in Star Trek, where it's the you know everything's an illusion, but because because it's as believable as real life, that's a very very powerful weapon. To that's have. a really good comparison with the Talosians. Mm. I hadn't thought about that at all. Um, but anyway, time is reset, and Blake's all alone now in the forest. Um, yes. And we're going to fast forward again now. Uh, we're going to go fa- fast forward to an effect shot I always forget about. It's a really nice shot of a massive moon with a silhouette of the trees at the bottom of the picture. Yeah. I mean, you can see what it is, but it, I think it's really, really nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's atmospheric. It does it like like most things on sort of Blake Seven seasons one and two. It does the job, doesn't it? It's not necessarily Hollywood sort of, you know. Uh, costing stuff but it adds to the believability and it works Mm, mm. well we're next going to pick up on the story um uh, a a little bit after that where we get an outright classic from avon have you thought of another plan yes i'm going to get some sleep how can you sleep with all this happening with all what happening blake is sitting up in a tree travis is sitting up in another tree Unless they're planning to throw nuts at one another, I don't see much of a fight developing before it gets light. You're never involved, are you, Avon? You ever cared for anyone? Except yourself. I have never understood why it should be necessary to become irrational in order to prove that you care. Or indeed, why it should be necessary to prove it at all. Where he tells Villa that he's going to go to bed. Yes, that's superb. And again, a little touch, but it makes them believable. Yeah, now... that that. They do go to bed. They do have cabins. They do need to sleep. Mm. I don't know if this is Terry Nation or if this is Chris Boucher. I would like it to be Terry Nation because, you know, so many people say, well, it was the bare bones and all the nice lines from Avon were written by Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher himself has said, you know, any of the Avon lines I had a hand in. But it would be really nice if Terry Nation wrote the whole Blake's up in a tree, Travis is in another tree, unless they're planning on throwing nuts at each other, dot, 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 you know? I think it's a really nice line. It's a cracking line, and it's it's perfect. And it it gives a little bit of humour to the situation, but not in a a, a destroy-the-atmosphere way. It... It fit. It's perfect characterization as to what Avon would say, mm. but it's also really funny. Mm-hmm. You talk about perfect characterization because next we get a very interesting line where Avon says how he never understood why it should be necessary to become irrational in order to prove yeah. that you care, or why need to prove it at all. Is he talking about Blake there? This is what I was thinking about earlier. Yeah, you know? I think. I think. Well, I think it, it, it's Avon talking about his credo. That he is a, you know, he is a cold fish. He's a someone that doesn't need to show emotion. But yeah, I think he's talking about Blake. It's it's saying, you know, 
uh, he is my friend, but why should I need to show that? Why should I have to tell him? Yeah. 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 Because Villa says, oh, have I missed something? And Callie's got this, like, quite enigmatic yeah. smile. And she's like, yeah, you've just missed something. Callie knows, doesn't she? You've missed it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Callie, because with her sort of empathic, telepathic, whatever it is this week, capabilities, <laughs> she, she knows, doesn't she? she? I love Callie. I think Callie's been re- redoing this for these podcasts. Callie and... Um, Sue Lin have both gone so far up in my estimation yeah. than they used to be. I've had to reevaluate both. Yeah. I, yeah. I most definitely have. Yeah. 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 Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to fast forward massively now to the end of the duel, okay? Um, yeah. We're going to be talking about all the duel and all the fights and everything like that on the Travis Mark 1 uh, episode. But uh, we're going to fast forward to the end of the yeah. duel where uh, Blake has Travis and he's prepared to kill. And uh, I love how Villa and Gan, that's smiling and going, go on, kill him, kill him. And um, Callie is non-committal. And I like Avon, how he smiles and shakes his head no. They both know, yeah. those two both know yeah. that Blake's not going to do that. He's not a killer, is he, Blake? No. no well, not he's not a personal killer. I mean, this is a classic example of of what uh, Sinophile was sort of saying, that it's hands-on killing. He's quite happy to kill people, faceless people. Yeah guards and such like but yeah it's there's a little i don't i don't know whether blake is sincere in that his reasons they do sound when he gives the reasons for not killing travis he gives reasons that sound a bit like you're justifying that you didn't want to do it which if you compare to kirk's in arena kirk's reasons for not killing the gorn are so much better in that they they are reflecting Starfleet's ideals and what they're doing. And Kirk has actually, I know it's a that that they couldn't have like Travis learning any other of his ways and things like that. But I never, I I always preferred Kirk's reasons for not killing rather than Blake's Mm. rather glib. Oh, I know I can beat him. Yeah, no, no, do you know Blake? Do you? But I do like this, and and I, I mean. Towards the end of this show's life, we are going to one of the very last episodes we're ever going to do is on Blake, and yeah. um, but I, um, I, I've always thought that Blake, you know, he wasn't in the army before we met him. He wasn't a fighter. No. I always get the feeling he was a bureaucrat who, you know, realised things were wrong and wants to do something about it. But he, he, it's not his background, and he's not trained to do it. No, he never, he never worked. I mean, it's weird that this has just been an action episode, but he never. He never works as the man of action, really. He's the man who should be thinking of action, or the man who's planning action. Or, mm. it, yeah, he's 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 like you say, he's a bureaucrat. He's a, a civil servant. Mm. Um, his realistically, his idea for bringing down the Federation should have been more akin to Rimmer's when he became the pacifist, wasn't it? Have a leafleting campaign yeah. and perhaps have a. A car boot sale to raise some funds. That that's what I imagine Blake doing, running a car boot sale to raise funds to to run against Serverland. Well, we saw it in the very first episode. Yeah. You know when he he meets meets um, um, the American guy and everything. Yeah, there that Brad Brad Brad. Yeah, their that their form of rebellion was uh, political, wasn't it? It wasn't going yeah. around blowing up you know military bases or anything like that. Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah, it was very much more. Um, passive resistance. Mm. So perhaps don't turn up if yeah. you're a training guard. Don't turn up one day, and mm. yeah, things like that. Um, rather than yeah, gunning down garrisons of 
Yeah. Uh, troopers. Yeah. Well, he he does refuse to kill Travis, he and does, yeah. uh, he and Jenna are back on the blasted planet uh, with Girok. You fought well, Blake. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Why didn't you kill him? Too weak. Or maybe I didn't entirely trust your motives. Besides, as long as he's alive, he'll be the one chasing me. And I know I can beat him. <laughs> At least you're not stupid. I need time enough to get my ship away and recharge the energy bags. They have been recharged. I will see that your ship gets away. Another reason why I didn't kill Travis. I would have enjoyed it. Perhaps there was nothing for you to learn. And she says uh, he fought well, like you say. Why didn't you kill him? And he says, first of all, oh, too weak. Or uh, maybe he didn't trust Sinophar and Girok that they would keep their their end of the bargain if he did it, you know. Yeah. And and that yeah that that rubbish line of as long as he's alive, he will be chasing me, and I know I can beat him. It's like mm, no, I yeah. don't believe that. Sinophar <laughs> um, says that the Liberators recharge, and Blake yeah. says goodbye uh, by saying another reason he didn't kill him is that he would have enjoyed it. And Which I don't believe again either. I don't. I don't think Cinefar that... believes it because she says no. maybe there's nothing for you to learn, you know. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, the ships start pulling away. Did you yeah, notice it's... when the? Lib- I think it's just again it's Blake, Blake just trying to be cool, look cool in front of the yeah. uh, sexy lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice when the ships start pulling away? You can actually see the pole that the Liberators yes, yeah, on. Yeah, I actually. I put that in my notes that that's one of the few. I mean, sometimes you see a black shape, but this you can see it's the pole, and you can see where they've painted. They painted it white, the haven't they? The surface, yeah, on the pole, yeah, yeah, which is quite a clever idea, but they, it doesn't work if you see. They it knew it was visible, so what can we do about it? Yeah. Let's paint the pole white yeah. to match the uh, nacelle that's behind it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of in Thunderbirds. They used to paint the uh, the wires, didn't yes, they? Yes, to match uh, whatever to match background back is. Yeah, scenery yeah. to try and hide them yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah. Up on the Liberator, Gan asks what Cinefar was like, and Blake says, oh, well, yeah. of course, you never saw her. Yes, he did. He saw her down yes, on the planet. Did, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, that doesn't make any sense. And uh, and he says she was very beautiful, wasn't she, Jenna? To which Jenna goes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah again, desperately trying to, to horn in that there's cement to be, you know, oh, Jenna's a jealous lady. Yeah. Which is that... That's a little bit too 70s for me. I was going to say it's very 70s. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, we go back to Travis. You almost expect it to have that Star Trek bim, 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 <laughs> music, don't you? Oh, can you imagine if Blake 7 ended on that each time? Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, we go back to the planet. Travis is hands yep. on hips, isn't he? Arrogant as yes, ever. Yeah. He's, in, he's in the pose. Yeah, doesn't care about old Kiera. Doesn't care about no, her, she's... you know. Even though they brought her back to life, again makes me think, you yeah. know, that this is all an illusion. None of this, yeah, ha- none of this happened. happened. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they even le- le- left the ships, did they? No, no. He said he just wants to go back to his ship, and yeah. and you know he is, um, and and um, uh, we get the inference Travis is just like Cinefar and Girox, old race. He he is like a perfect manifestation of, you know, what their race used to be. Yeah. Mm. 
which does you know would would the would humanity eventually in Blake's time wipe itself out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that's how the story ends. We don't really see what happens to Sinophar and Giroc. They're they're left yeah. alone on the planet. Presumably they fade away um, to sleep until next next time some violence yeah, comes the their next... way. Hmm. But do you think any ship that goes past us to do this? Well, if there's <laughs> if there's violent intent. <laughs> You know, yeah. maybe, maybe if you're in a ship and you're going past it, and you know your computer's playing up and you're threatening it, maybe you know you get to fight a, a duel with your computer down on the planet. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's the story over, and what a brilliant story that is. It's it's a. I, we've had a little a, a few duffish episodes, haven't we? Mm. And it's nice to come back to one the way you can you can one hundred percent say this is why we love Blake Seven. Mm. This, you know, it's there's we we can we've had a laugh and a joke and picked a few things apart, but this is uh, if if you want to introduce someone to Blake Seven, they've mm-hmm. never seen anything. I mean, a I would say start at the beginning and watch him in order, you idiot. But if you wanted to pick a uh, an episode, this is a really good. This and seek, locate, destroy. In fact, just go out and find a, a rental video rental shop that's still open with VHS and hire Jewel, <laughs> the compilation, and. Uh, this is a perfect, a perfect introduction to what Blake yeah, Seven is. Yeah, there are many TV shows where you know, if I think, oh, I fancy watching, you know, yeah. uh, a Battlestar Galactica. I fancy watching a Blake Seven. I fan- fancy watching a Doctor Who. There are certain episodes that I'll I'll pick, and this is definitely one of them with Blake Seven. Agreed. I've now become Cinephar to pause proceedings because uh, dear listener for you sat there listening to this podcast everything has been flowing naturally and you know all in real time if you like but for me and Ian this is a bit different now isn't it Ian yeah we we've spent the night up a tree uh, sort of metaphorically haven't we we've been the record the recording people yeah yeah. Part of the recording went up a tree and it never came back yeah, down. Yeah, it never again. came down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, listener, just to let you know, um, this is more than 24 hours since we did yeah. the bit you've just been listening to. And when I went to actually combine the audio tracks, part of Ian's recording was missing the last like 20 minutes or so. So. And mm. what a 20 minutes it was as well it was an it? epic it was, oh. it was an epic. It was the best recording we've ever yeah. done, I think. I, I think that was award winning stuff. Lost. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I don't like think... Like tears in the rain. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think our attempt to recreate it in a minute is going to be Oscar-worthy. I really don't. So No. But no. but luckily, Ian cut out just at the point you've just heard, dear listener, um, and we were just about to go into behind the scenes. So I thought yeah. what we'll do is uh, we're just going to continue on from there, all right? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, it, we thought initially that we'd lost everything, didn't we? So, yes. Phew... Yeah, but, it, it's only yeah. a bit of Ian's that dropped off. Yeah, so as it, you know, at my age, that happens a lot, to be honest. Well, it is cold in Wales at the moment, it's, it's isn't it? It's freezing, yeah. actually, tonight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, do behind the scenes. But before we get into behind the scenes, um, as is often when we do a recording, Ian, you know, uh, I have a great conversation with you and everything, and we go away, and I think about what we said, and then something occurs to me that I really wish had occurred to me during the conversation. And usually when that happens, I, I bung it on the Facebook page yeah. or something. And something has had a, actually occurred to me oh, today. So do you this remember is what, ideal. Yeah, do you know... 
Do you remember what he was saying about half an hour ago for the listener, but for like over a day ago for us, about how we started to hypothesize that maybe none of this ever happened and it's all yes. in everyone's minds. And I thought that might be a way of explaining yes, these sites. Sort, sort of a bit like the Talosians, we said. Yes, yes, yeah. But yeah. I thought this might be a way to explain the size difference between the Pursuit ships and the yeah. Liberator, right? I thought, if this is all in everyone's minds, when you see that whacking great big Pursuit ship almost as big as the Liberator, maybe this is Travis's dream. This is how Travis sees his ship compared to the Liberator, and that's yes. why it looks so much bigger to that's the Liberator. Good, that's very good, yeah. Do you think Travis is compensating for something? Um, yeah, that could, because Travis would see himself as an equal, if not above Blake, wouldn't he? Mm, mm. So if they're taking it from purely from, from their minds, yeah, I think that's a really good point. That could explain away years of continuity worries, yeah. couldn't it? Yeah, I was quite pleased with that one. Yeah, it's very good. I don't know what I was doing when that came across me today, but it, it would have been something trivial. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So behind the scenes then. Let's get into behind the scenes. Um, I don't know what you're going to do here, Ian. I don't know if you're oh. going to act um, and, and, and say the same things you did last night or if we're going to go off on a different tangent. Oh, let, I, let, let's wait yeah, and see. We, I'll, I'll try and remember if there was anything worthwhile that I said, <laughs> but there All probably right. wasn't, to be fair. All right, okay. All right, so first up, and I remember us saying this last night, this is the only episode in which Travis appears without Servalan. Yes, yeah, and, and I was quite surprised because I was thinking well, there, there must be other appear in other episodes like Star One, um, but no, that you're right, there's not, this is the... Yeah, this is the only time. Yeah, when, 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 I, when I say Travis appears without Servalan, yeah. I don't mean them side by side as a double act, but no, yes, no, this is the, the only episode. one where they're not both in the same episode, yes. Which is surprising when you think about it, because you, you don't think of them that way, do you, like a, a double act, especially sort of season two, Travis? No, no. All right, next next piece of information, and I've got a bit more information than I did oh, last excellent. night, so I'm quite pleased about this, um, after something we were saying last night. Um, and the next fact is that this is uh, a story not to have music by Dudley Simpson, um, because apparently the director, Douglas Camfield, bore a personal grudge against Dudley and refused to work with him. Yes, which is is, is strange, but you can imagine with television people they, they do seem to hold grudges and things like that don't they it's very strange well while while i've been waiting for the recording tonight i've looked into that a bit more and well, have you found out why they fell out well i found three reasons oh and, and 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 you know which one you believe um is up to you all right douglas camfield said um yeah. no there was no falling out that was simply he a case of he didn't like using the same composer all the time because things might get stale and that's why he decided to not use Dudley Simpson. Yeah, that's a possible. It's a possible but um, I've seen people say well no back then it would have been the producer's choice to do that not the director's choice yeah. to do that all right so so yeah that 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 that's person number one. Second one is Dudley Simpson himself all right. All right. Now, yeah, they had worked, yeah, he should know. They worked together in the early 60s on Doctor Who. And uh, according to Dudley Simpson, and this right. is refuted by Douglas Camfield, um, sometime in the 60s, 
there was a party at Dudley Simpson's house and Douglas Canfield went along to it and Douglas Canfield started needling him and having a go at him about the amount of money that he was earning. Okay, right. And he was saying, Dudley, yeah, you're on twenty thousand a year, aren't you? You're on twenty thousand a year. And Dudley's like, I'm not anywhere near that. But yeah, apparently he wouldn't let it go. He was really rather nasty. And after that, they never spoke again. And that's why he refused to work with him because he was bitter about the amount of money Dudley Simpson was making. Right? Weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sort of yeah, has a little bit of. I've, I, I, I can imagine something like that happening. It's. Mm. And then the third one, and this is the one I'm thinking it's more likely, I think the other two are kind of like an urban myth type thing, yeah. is that uh, he was contracted to provide the music. Um, the episode was running late, okay, in filming. They had to, the next available slot was um, about like two weeks later, and then that was delayed by another fortnight, and Dudley just didn't have the time to write the music, let alone have it recorded and dubbed. Um, and the episode couldn't be put back any further. So, yeah, they had to go with an alternative now i believe that more than the other two now that that rings true because if you i mean it should be able to be checked but if you think about it if it was if it was option one so douglas canfield just wanted to change why would they use stock music they'd have yeah. had another composer option two eh, you know i mean it could be but but option three that makes sense because they've run out of time They've got no money to hire another composer. What would you do? You would go into the stock music library yep. and pick your ones out. Yeah, yep. I. Right. Yeah, this is like call my bluff, isn't it? Uh, I'll go with I'll go with option three. I'll go with option three because yes, we've seen time and time again on Blake Seven that money was an issue, time was yes. an issue. Yes. So yeah, I, I tend to go with that one as well. Now, as you say, yes, it was stock music, it was library music, yeah. and uh, the two tracks concerned, one's called Countdown, which I'm guessing is the very Countdown-style music that you yeah, have the, as the, the, the thump, thump, thump type. The thump, thump, percussive yeah. one. And the one that you said was in the goodies, that you recognise yeah. from the goodies, is called Space Panorama. Okay, yeah, which, which makes perfect sense that if you were in the goodies and thinking, I need some sound effect stroke music for my spaceship, oh, space panorama. Let's it have a space panorama. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they were recorded by a composer by the name of John Cameron. So, right. But he, he doesn't get a, 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 a credit listing um, on the show or on IMDb. It's I, still music by Dudley Simpson. Yes, I don't think the BBC, if it was stock music, I don't think the BBC had to credit it did they because they never mm. did on like the Hartnell stuff no that's true um, so yeah I think that's the one of the other benefits of having using stock music is um, A no one's got any rights to it and B you don't have to credit the person right. that made it so, right. I'm surprised they didn't do that more then well I mean early early Doctor Who did so all the, all the thing all the music we uh, recognise as being like the Cyberman march and things like that are totally stock um, all, all the music from Quatermass and the Pit stock music uh mm. you know so you hear it in other films especially 19 sort of six fifties, 60s low budget uh british films you hear mm. the quatermass music quite a yeah. bit yeah so and yeah it, yeah and good. it definitely was going on in the 70s because you know jerry anderson did it didn't he i yeah. mean space yeah. 1999 you know um my favorite ever space 1999 uh um episode which is dragon's domain not yeah. only had classical music in it but there, there was stock, stock library music in that as well yeah yeah have you tried um seeing if you can find the uh 
space panorama music. I am. Um, well, if you type in space Google, pan yeah. panorama, you get very um, 1970s trippy space painting. Yeah, oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And that this composer John Cameron actually did compose for film and television. I, oh. I haven't written anything down, but he he definitely was, and uh, he, he was quite prolific as well. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Next, next nugget is uh, I for the longest time, and I think you were as well, because yeah, I remember when, when we were talking mutoids, when we were talking about this, we we were convinced it was at Black Park, weren't we? Yes, yeah. Uh, but it's not. it looks like Black Park, <clears throat> and Black Park was the go-to wooded area, wasn't it? Yeah, that's but, not that yeah. far from London, but yeah. no, that, they went down to the New Forest to somewhere <laughs> called Hazel Hill and Shave Green. I wonder why. Do you think like Black Park might have been used, or whether they just fancied a little day trip out to the New Forest? Maybe there was a really nice pub there that everybody well, yeah, had to check out, yeah. or something like that. I can believe that. Yes, yeah. Um, and we said on our original recording that's going to be a place of pilgrimage for us one day, isn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. Um, we need to go and find the very tree, or trees that Travis and hmm. uh, Blake were climbing, and spend the night in them. We've got to decide who's going to wear in our in anoraks. anoraks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I well, think. I think one, yeah. One of us should you, wear an anorak, the other yeah. one should be Travis. Yeah, so if you wear the anorak, I'll wear my leather bondage gear. I mean, um, I'll wear the anorak as well. <laughs> you get your bin liners and yeah. make one up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we should do that sometime. What a photo op that would be. Hey, that would be amazing. Yes, yeah. so that would be the new banner on the top of the Facebook page if we do that, yes. Yes. All right, so, yeah, that's the location. On to the actors. First one, Cinefar, um, Isla Blair, the lovely Isla Blair. The lovely Isla Blair, yes. Yes, which um, you know and a lot of people know uh, is married to Julian Glover, another Blake Seven stalwart, um, yep. old Kane himself, and, and they were married back in the 60s. They're, um, what I always like about, you know, in, in, in the entertainment industry, where you have long-term married couples, that's always very nice to see. It is, yeah, because it, I mean, it, it probably happens a lot more than you think, because you only ever hear the, the horrible stories of couples falling out. Or and the scandals. And, and the scandals, yeah. yeah. And it's always nice when you, um, when you see people that have been together for years and, and obviously still love each other, and you've got a, a normal, in quotation marks, um, uh, arrangement going on, isn't it? Yeah, there's, I like that. It it is comforting. Yes, I tell you what. Um, last year, um, I I went to the Star Wars weekend at, at yep. the Leicester Space Centre, and Julian Glover was there, and I met Julian Glover. And uh, it'd be nice if he returns this summer and uh, with Isla Blair, because I oh, could do a, like lovely, a, yeah. a twofold Blake Seven in character, yeah. a little interview with him or something. That would be really good, yeah. I wonder I if they think... remember their roles. Yeah. I, I wonder if Isla Blair is actually asked at conventions, if she ever I does conventions. Yeah, I bet she's probably not, which is a shame. I never see her yeah. on the circuit. I, I, no. I, I can't remember ever seeing her on the circuit. Her husband, of course. Um, yeah, he. I mean, he, he'll go to the opening of a fridge, won't he? But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it'd be nice if they went together, yeah. Yeah, I, and I wonder if he is actually asked about Kane. I wonder if... Blake well, you asked fancy. him, didn't you? No, you I didn't. Asked. Did you not? Oh, I thought you asked him about it. No, no, no. We were talking about toilets in castles. Ah, um, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was getting quite crude. <laughs> if, if, here's a little fan question for you then. So, you're, you, you're going, you, you're meeting him. You're going to get one signature on one photo of I know what one you're of his say. roles. Which one would it be? 
It's a toss-up. I, lo- I, lo- I love I-, I love both roles. That uh, no, there's three roles actually. Three, Do yes, I? yeah, 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 yeah. Star Wars, Doctor Who, or Blake Seven. I'd have to have one of each. Act- well, only if you're an Indiana Jones fan, four roles. Yes, that's true. We're, we're getting back into Spanish Inquisition. Uh, and if you're a Quatermass yeah. fan. Oh God, yeah. In fact, I've actually got. I didn't get it in person, but I do have one of him uh, signing as Colonel Breen. You know, the the yeah. one with his burnt face, yeah. classic shot. So I haven't got that one, but I've I've not actually um, met him at a con, which is strange because he, like you say, he does he does go to quite a few. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a Game mm. of Thrones fan as well, oh, oh God, that's six. Ma- yeah, the Maester, yeah. <laughs> God, he's he's a prolific little fellow. He's such a good actor, though. He, he is. Oh, he so is. Good. You can see why she married him. That was nicely getting back to her, think... wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well done. Do you think in their house at, at Christmas, when they play charades, it's like amazing Shakespearean quality? <laughs> I think so. Yes. I like yeah, to think you, so. yeah. You get a BAFTA for it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Isla Blair, yeah, uh, yes. um, married to Julian Glover. She was also the first choice for the Countess in Doctor Who's City of Death, um, made famous by Catherine Schell. Um, yeah. I don't know, do you think she was... I, I like Catherine Schell in it. She's quite playful, isn't she, in it? Um, can you see yeah, Isla I Blair think, um, as the Countess? I, I think she would... She would. She's. You know, they're, they're both really good actresses. I think she would have done a good job. But, yeah, I do like... Uh, uh, Catherine Schell's performance in it. I think mm. she plays off Tom Baker and um, uh, uh, Julian Glover. I've forgotten his name. Julian Glover. I was thinking <laughs> Philip Maddock. Philip We've Maddock? just been Where's talking about from? him. Yeah, yeah. Old um, old Crispin Glover. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think they play off each other really, really well. Mm. So mm. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether it would work. I'm sure it would because it'd be an alternate timeline and we wouldn't we wouldn't know the difference. But you don't know. Maybe Julian said, "No, I don't want to act a, a, alongside you." You know, it might be something yeah. like that. You, know, you don't I, know. Yeah, you they might know. have had a tiff. Yeah, it could have had a tiff. Yeah, um, but she's quite a genre actor. She's got quite a high genre tally. She's got a genre tally of uh, eleven. All right. Yes, yeah. Which, uh, That's good score. Good score. Good score. So let's go through them. Um, first one she was in was Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. That's the old Amicus uh, anthology. A good anthology film, yeah. one, yeah, mm-hmm. 1965, where she is billed as Pretty Girl. Okay. Yes, which is the part she was born to play. She was, yes, indeed. Then she was in The Avengers, um, and then in a very well-known role in uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula, where she yes, played Lucy. Good. Yeah, really good. Yep. Uh, then Jason King, um, then The Canterville Ghost, and then she... Had two appearances in Space 1999. Uh, the, her next two genre appearances were in Space 1999. One of my favourite ever episodes are War Games. Yes. Uh, War yeah, Games. Superb in that. Which we've discussed uh, already. Which, we? uh, yeah, be speaking, yeah. didn't we? We didn't talk yeah. about her because, of course, effectively speaking, we're talking about... Um, special uh, effects. Mind yeah. you, she has got a domed head in that. That's a special effect. That's true, yeah. We we should have discussed it. I mean, I think we did. We we sort of touched on it, didn't we? Anthony Valentine and what, her, her head about how about well well I we touched her head, but <laughs> that's another story. Um, yeah, didn't we say because we said uh, we should listen to it again? Actually, we said um, that she's she seems to be putting a bit more effort in oh, than Anthony right. Valentine yeah, he, was. Yeah, he was sleepwalking yeah. through it, wasn't yes. he? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was her first one. The second one, again, last night, we were trying to work out just 
where Journey to Where fits yeah. in Space 1999 because I, I, I recognise the title, but I can't remember yeah, a thing about it. No, it doesn't doesn't ring a bell. Um, they did have some weird titles, though, didn't they, on Space Nineteen Ninety Nine? It's 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 a it, that's definitely one of the shows where you describe it as the one where, yes, isn't it? Yeah, rather than the episode. Title. Yeah, some of them were nonsense, weren't they? Yes, yeah, they. I think they might have been on some sort of substances, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and even when they made sense, they they were ridiculous, like Rules of Luton. Yeah. Yeah, or Luton. Yeah. The rules of Luton. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she played Carla in that. Now, Carla is yeah. quite a uh, 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 an Earthbound name. I don't know if she is yeah. actually a, a Moonbase Alpha operative or she's the alien of the week. I'll have to. Uh, we should have looked it up. Really. Well, I will look it up for Facebook because I, I do like to put up photos yeah. of the actors in different roles. So uh, I'll find it out for then. But she gets quite a yes. distinction there. It's quite rare that we actually get an actor that's been in more than one Jerry Anderson. Um, and the show. same one. I wonder how many guest stars actually appeared twice in. I don't. Um, in Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Well, you've got Dev Tarrant, who's Lou, um, Lou, no, not Lieutenant Green. Um, uh, in Thunderbirds, isn't he? He's in like every blooming oh, yes. episode. Isn't yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's the. Well, it was easier to do it with the voice actors, wasn't it? In the puppet shows. Yes. The live action shows a bit more difficult. A bit more to, difficult. Yeah. yeah, to have the same person appear in. Yeah. Several times. Yeah, so she gets a genre tally of two, which um, you know I think only. Um, um, yeah, Dev Tarrant has actually beaten so far. So uh, yeah, yeah, next thing was this Blake Seven. And yep. then she was in Doctor Who, uh, The King's Demons, as yes. Il- Isabella. A story I do not know, because I've said before, um, I lost interest um, towards the end of the Baker era, and I only came yep. back to the Davison film uh, um, um, stories when there was a, a classic monster or villain in it. So yeah. I, do, I, I think you should revisit the uh, Davisons. I think they do hold up rather well. Um, King's Demons is, is, an, is a nothing of a story, but it's actually... It's it's two episodes of of enjoyable nonsense. Is that it's, the one that's like Roundheads you know, and Cavaliers? I'd, I'd probably time. rather watch that than. Uh, no, it's that's the Awakening. This is the one in uh, King John times. So they they visit King Tom signing the Magna Carta. Well, right, okay. And the ma- the master the master. It's a bit of spoiler for you. Though, it'll ruin it. The master's in it, and he wants to stop Magna Carta being signed because that will destroy the Earth's future. I don't think it will, but there no, will. that's Brexit, isn't it? That's Brexit. Yeah, that would destroy <laughs> Magna Carta. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next thing after that is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now, I was surprised yesterday about this. I can't really act too surprised now, no. um, because I knew I didn't realise this. Mm. You, you, you can say it. It was your fact. Yes, it's an uncredited role yeah. um, and a tiny role because uh, Donovan, her husband, old Julian Glover, is Donovan, who is the bad guy of that film, of course. And the scene where he spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll snip that bit out. Um, yeah. The scene where he's in his New York apartment meets Harrison Ford, and he's talking about you know going after you know the cross of Quanado or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, somebody comes into the room and says, "Darling, you know your guests are waiting." And he said, oh, "I'll be right there." That's Isla Blair. Isla Blair is playing M- Mrs. Donovan, so they're husband yeah. and wife playing husband and wife, which is quite sweet, really. It is quite sweet. Yes, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that was a Spielberg thing and Spielberg knew that Julian Glover had an actor wife and it's like, yeah. oh, would she, she like to be in it? We need this. It's a tiny role. It's one line and then yeah. she's gone and, I mean, and she's in long shot as well. So Yeah, I, li- I like to think that it wasn't even planned as a role and she turned up on the day and they said, oh, we'll give you a little part. Yeah, but what did they do with the actor that they were going to use? They just push her out of the way or something, I suppose. Push, yeah, pushed her out of the way. <laughs> All right. Okay, and then her very last thing is something I haven't seen. I think you have. Uh, the Quatermass Experiment remake in 2005. Yes, which is a, a, a sort of a glorious failure. It, they, they, they meant well. So basically what they wanted to do was to, to do a live version of the Quatermass Experiment but unfortunately, A, it didn't really work because the budget was non-existent. Mm. It's it's really... You watch it and you go, oh, this is car crash. This is not good. The trouble is as well, when they released it on DVD, they used alternative rehearsal takes to cover up all the fluffs. Now, if you're doing live stuff, what you want to watch is the fluffs. Don't that's you? You the feet and the object. Stumbling over lines and saying the wrong thing and entering too early. But yeah, you, that, you that, can't. That's totally defeating the object then, isn't it? Yeah, oh. pointless. Utterly pointless. All right. Okay, well, that's that. That's her genre tally of 11, as I say. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty not, good. not bad, is it? It gives her a, a yeah. Jerry Anderson tally of 2, a Who tally of 1, and an Indiana Jones tally of 1. Okay? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll go on to Patsy Smart next. Now, last night we talked quite a bit about Patsy Smart, didn't we? We did, because, uh, yeah, you, you told me of a role that... I know really, really, really well, but never associated that it was uh, Giroc. Well, you you can feign surprise when we get to that bit, all right? Now, um, yeah, Pat's, Patsy okay. Smart, we were saying, you know, she made a career of playing hags, basically, and crimes, yes, yeah. she? <laughs> yeah, it, it, poor, poor old dear. I, yeah. I think for a time she was a go-to if you wanted an old crone, yes. yes. If I, Yeah, if Aileen Way, who was like the BBC's go-to crone, wasn't available. I think they must have gone with Patsy, mustn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on speed dial second. <laughs> now, we went off on a tangent last night. I don't feel was uh, having the need to go back down that way, way about me having bars in the winter. But, uh, um, yeah, I know her from uh, <laughs> Upstairs Downstairs. Um, she was in the first three seasons of That's Upstairs right, yeah, Downstairs. That's right, yeah, because we never watched Upstairs Downstairs, but you, you loved it, didn't you? It was your favourite no, I didn't. That's not what I said last night. I said the, the fact that my mum can't stand science fiction, and back then in, in the mid-70s, we only had one TV, so if, if, if you wanted to watch TV, you had to watch what she watched. Yeah. And that's why when, when we finally did get a black-and-white portable up in my bedroom, that's how come I, I until the, the video releases, I only knew... Blake Seven in black and white. So, um, so yeah. So that's how come I know too much about upstairs, downstairs, and crossroads, and all sorts of other nonsense like that. Um, far too much. But obviously, you were far cooler family, and you, it must, you must have been it. a yeah. I was going to say it must have been a shock for you when you finally saw upstairs, downstairs in colour and realised that they're actually all grey anyway. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's the yeah. old woman. She's the old crone. She's the go-to <laughs> person. Yeah. yeah, she's a crone. She, yeah. she's Classic. she's the crone. Yes, and um, she has a genre tally of only five, nowhere near the eleven yeah. of, uh, of 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 Shearock. Uh, the first thing she was in was the prisoner. Um, I haven't put down what her role was. I should have done um, because you know it most probably would say crone, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, it'll be old crone or old lady, old lady. or some variation thereof, wouldn't it? Yeah, flower seller, things like that. I'm this. pretty certain she probably wasn't uh, Patrick McGowan's love interest in yeah. it. Might be wrong. Russian might spy wrong. or yeah. Marta Hari yeah. or something. No, no. Uh, next, uh, she was in The Avengers. Um, I, I'm presuming... Playing old crone. <laughs> I was going to say, presumably not trying to out-glamour Emma Peel. Um, no. The next one is the one that, yeah, caused, caused the, uh, a, a reaction from you. You can try and recreate it tonight if you wish. She was in Doctor Who in the talons of Wang Chiang. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh my god, I know that. She's the, she's the old ghoul crone. She is. That when they fish the body out that's been eaten by the rat out of the Thames, she's the, the, the old lady that's got spittle flying all over the place and, and basically saying, you wouldn't want to eat that boiled with liver and onions or something along <laughs> those lines. And it's one of those things that once you've seen that, you'll know that bit will stick in your mind forever because it's so weird and she's so brilliant doing it. But I never associated it with the... And, and it's obvious now. I feel so stupid. Yeah, but this is this is what it is to be a fan of yeah. shows. You know, you know that story forwards and backwards and that's her dressed like that, saying that, yep. saying that line. That is that person. That is a real person to you, a real character yeah, to you. Yeah. Jewel is one of your favourite ever Blake Seven stories, you know it back to yep. front and you know her as Girog. But the two are completely yeah. separate because the stories are just so absorbed into you or whatever. Yeah, and and, and also I I mean it shows she's she's got a good range of croniness. Mm. Because she's yeah, it's a totally different crone. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice. It's sort of that that that's my favourite uh, behind the scenes fact for a while, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, there's a connection, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, next appearance in the genre was here in Blake 7 and then the last thing and I'm guessing it's a old crone or a witch or a ghost of a crone <laughs> was in Rent-A-Ghost yeah I'm thinking probably a witch or something mm. round a cauldron I yeah. can see that oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah 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 alright so that that's Patsy dealt with and we'll move on and we'll move on to something that we didn't do yesterday so this is now uns, unscripted un, you Ooh. know uh, unrehearsed um, it's not like Groundhog Day for us anymore. Something yes. I forgot to do yesterday was the, was it worth it? Now, can oh, we right, apply yeah. that to this story? Um, I think, well, A, did it, did it happen anyway? So that That's might be true. a uh, reasoning. Um, but B, I, it probably wasn't worth it because Travis came out exactly as Travis is and, um, Blake came out exactly as Blake was. Um, the only, the only thing, the only person that comes out with any change, and it's a bad change, is the poor old uh, mutoid, Kiera, is, um, is going up for a court martial. Yes. She's not dead, so I suppose there's, you know, swings and roundabouts and all that. So it but, wasn't so, worth it for yeah. her. No, it wasn't worth it for her. I'm not entirely sure it was worth it for Blake. It was worth it for us, the viewers, because it's a bloody good episode. Yeah, yeah. So shall we say no? Yeah, I think a no. I think they should have stayed in bed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm, this is a tricky one because we don't know whether it was real or not. But if no. if, if no. we assume it was real or not, the the crux point is something you you raised earlier is that why did Blake try going for the Travis ship? He should have gone for the ship that was out of power. If he had yeah. done that, maybe things might have changed, and you know he wouldn't have been taken down to the planet. Yeah, it could have, if he'd have just had a better grasp of uh, of military tactics. Yeah. 
you know, all right, we'll keep rather that than as a drawing no. his entire plan out on a small pad. Mm, mm. All right. So, all yeah, right, that's a no. no then. All right. Next up, we've got shout out time. Yes, it was. Um, I, I, I shall have to feign uh, ignorance of this, even though I've actually responded to the general. Yes, because, yeah, the there, shout out. there has been yeah. a development since yesterday yes, in that yeah. the, this shout out Ian didn't know about. And then I told him, and he does know about it, and he has since responded. So, yeah, he knows even more now. Yes, because um, it, it, it turns out that um, Facebook has been depriving me of almost every comment <coughs> on, on Blake Seven in character, the Facebook page, which is a bit of a drawback, really, <laughs> uh, you know, being a co-host and all that. But I've, so I've been blissfully unaware of any of these conversations that Eric's been having with uh, our listener. And um, I've been thinking, well, not many people must uh, pay attention. Yeah. Well, our listener uh, last week went by the name of Jay. Hello, Jay, yep. if you're listening. Hello, Jay. Hello, Jay. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he, he commented on the link that I put up for the Zucan, uh episode and basically said, I like the show. I like you guys. But do you, why do you hate the show? Don't you like it? Yeah. And uh, there followed a, a conversation between me and Jay on the Facebook page, which Ian has now added to. And uh, um, we both have said to Jay, and it's something that we've said on, on various episodes of this show, is that uh, we, we love the show. We wouldn't do this podcast if we didn't love it. I don't see the point in going to all the effort of putting out a podcast just to rant and hate on something. You, you would really have to hate the show to put... The amount of effort that we've put in mm. to do this number of shows to bad mouth it, yeah, you? yeah. Um, no, we we love we love the show. We, as, as I, I said to Jay in, on Facebook, we we both grew up watching the show, um, and we, it, it to us we have often said season one and two is is our Blake Seven. Um, so we do tend to hold season four especially. Uh, we we hold it to a, a high standard, mm. which it very often doesn't match up to. Mm. Um, but we have there's been a few season four episodes that we've is surprised us majorly and we've enjoyed, including um, was it Power the Ben Steed one? Yeah, Power. Which, uh, yeah, we we enjoyed parts of that. And gold, gold yeah. really good. Yeah, um, we have done a lot of the well that we consider duff, but. Uh, fandom seems to enjoy things like sand, mm -hmm. um, but I think doesn't everyone think Warlord's a bit duff? Mm. Eh? Mm, indeed, you don't hear many people sort of championing it, do you? No, and and you know I I echoed what you said there. You know the reason you know um, we're not criticising it. We're just no. uh, we we know how great the show can be, and therefore we voice our disappointment when it's not as great yeah. as, as as it could be. Um, and, and there's also that very sort of seems to be a very um, limited to Britain type thing of that you only take the piss out of things you love. Yes. You don't, if you don't like something, you, you don't mention it. And that's the ultimate British insult. Yeah, you blank it or something. ignore it, yeah, don't you? Exactly, yeah. Same, something, yeah, generally somebody, if you, yeah. If, yeah, you have to have affection for something to show it disaffection. Yeah. That's screwed up, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> no wonder we're bloody... We take yeah, we take the Mickey out of it, but it's it's affectionate, isn't it? You know. Yeah, it's very affectionate. Yeah. I hope we don't never step over the line. We we've both got very um, sardonic senses of humour, mm. um, but hopefully, if, you know, we won't ever step over the line, except where talent's involved. <laughs> 
Any, any, he deserves it. Any time yeah. a perm comes in, yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, but I think what happened after talking to Jay is he's yeah. been unfortunate in the episodes that he's listened to. I think he, he has listened to some of the episodes where we haven't been so positive and he's missed out on some, some where we've been positively effusive. And he, yeah. he did say to me, oh, have you done Baben yet? I'd hate it if you were nasty to one of my favourite characters. Well, he's one of our favourite characters and, yes. and, you know, we, we were positively gushing. Um, yeah, he he came on top on both our lists of characters we've done so far. Didn't well, we? you know, this is yeah. this th- this episode is episode forty three. We're only seven episodes away from episode fifty, and we're going to redo that our top fives again. Ian. Yeah. So you've got to yeah. keep bearing that in mind. But no, thank thank you, Jay. Thank for thank you for your comments on Facebook. I, I hope we've allayed your fears and uh, carry on listening because we've got some crackers coming up soon. We really have. Yes. Yeah. We. Um... Yeah, we we like any comments on Facebook, now that I can see them. <laughs> I might even respond to a few now. So. <laughs> All right, well, talking about crackers, um, next, <laughs> next, next, next time, uh, Ian and I, we're going to be raiding the dressing up box before recording, yes. because we're going to pay a visit to Freedom City, and we're go- going to go and see Krantor, aren't we? We are, yes. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, that. I'm looking forward to watching it because I, I, yeah. I said to you yesterday in the original version, I, I watched it ages back when I was introducing our 12-year-old to Blake Seven and I sat there watching it and thinking, I've got to remember this for the podcast. I've got to remember yeah. this for the podcast. And there are some very positive things I've got to say and there's some, <laughs> there's some things I've got problems with. But I don't think yes. you're going to actually. The, the, the no, funny no, thing I, is, I, I think the yeah. things I'm going to have a problem with, you're not going to have. Yeah, I think this might be one where our tastes diverge mm. slightly. Mm. You know, so yeah, I think it'll be it'll be an interesting one to see what you. I sort of roughly know what you uh, have issues with, mm. and and I yeah, you're right, I don't. Um, but it'll be an interesting one, I think. All right, okay. Hoping it records. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll keep everything crossed for next time, all right? All right, so it, yes. it's time to get down out these trees now, Ian, all right? Yes, I can uh, drop my nuts on the ground you go and drop uh, go back to my normal life. You go drop them for a week, and I'll speak to you then. Well, it's six days Brilliant. now until recording now. Six yeah, days, yes. six days yeah. to go, yeah, all right. And, and I'd just like to point out to people, uh, because this has failed, they've got an extra uh, 16 minutes. Yes, yes, I can see that by the on clock. On top of yesterday, yeah. Yes, yeah, 16 minutes more waffle. Yeah, 16 minutes of your life wasted, you're never going to get back. Presuming these ones actually upload okay. Yes, there'll be lots of swearing <laughs> if they don't. And then it'll be the third you attempt. You won't need to listen on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think if it gets the third attempt, we'll just give up. <laughs> give it's up, the curse yeah. of... So there was no behind the scenes. We knew nothing about this episode. There's no behind the scenes at I all. I blame it all on Giroc. She's interfering. Yes. She's sat there invisibly looking at me right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's waiting for the aggression to come out of me when I realise yes, yeah. it hasn't uploaded again. That's what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah they're testing us. They yeah. are. Yeah, yes. Yeah, this is a test. I must stay calm. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay, Ian. Speak to you next Brilliant. week. Right. Bye bye. Nice, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Bye bye. 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 bye.